You are listening to Making It in the Toy Industry, episode number one. Welcome to Making It in the Toy Industry, a podcast for inventors and entrepreneurs like you. And now your host, Ajel Wade. Hey there, toy people, Ajel Wade here, and welcome to the very first episode of Making It in the Toy Industry. This is a weekly podcast brought to you by thetoycoach.com. Since this is the first episode, I'd like to kick off by telling you a little bit about myself and my experience in the toy world. I have 10 years of experience doing product development and design for toy companies, including Madame Alexander, Toys R Us, Horizon Group USA, and many more. I'm an award-winning designer and also an inventor named on several U.S. patents. I actually started my career off with a focus in design, but today I'm an executive leading product development and brand management. So I know a lot about this industry and I'd love to share what I can with you all. Now, some of you listening may already know me as an expert in product development and design, specifically around the categories of dolls and craft activity toys. But this podcast is going to go way beyond that. In the coming weeks, We'll cover all categories of toys and games, touching on topics ranging from boosting your creativity to finding your perfect factory to mastering the most effective ways to pitch your ideas. So for today's episode, I want to talk to you about something that is sure to have affected you at one point or another, and that thing is creative block. Sometimes when you sit down to come up with a new toy idea, I know it can be a little intimidating, maybe even more so intimidating if you happen to have a history of coming up with great ideas. But there may be a point when you feel like everything has been done before, but I am here and I'm going to act as your conscience and remind you that it has not. You have got more greatness to tap into, my friend. So today we're going to look at specific ways that you can utilize information from the real world and the online world to help guide and inspire your creative process in a new way. Now, usually creative block strikes after a long, stressful period of being overstrained or overworked, and your your brain just kind of, you hit a creative wall and you can't think of any more ideas. You got no more marketing slogan. You got no more designs. You got nothing. You're just stressed out, and the best way to overcome that situation is to walk away and come back once you've had time to clear your mind. The other time creative block might hit is when you're trying something new. Let's say you stepped away from your major 9-to-5 gig and you said, I'm going to try this entrepreneurial route. Or maybe you've been working in finance for the past 10-15 years and you decide, I have a really cool idea for a toy product and I'm going to go for it. When you first start these new ventures, you're on an adrenaline high. You've got an endorphin rush and your friends patting you on the back and they're like, go girl, you got this. But at some point, you're alone with your thoughts and that is when another form of creative block might hit you and it's called the imposter syndrome. Now, this is the most dangerous form of creative block. You cannot let this one slide by. You have got to push yourself through it. You know, years ago, I remember when I was just starting out in the toy industry, 
I experienced this type of creative block and I felt completely at a loss. I felt like I did not belong in the industry. I remember sitting across from a friend of mine at dinner and I was trying to come up with a bunch of new toy ideas and I just had a a complete creative block. I look over at my friend and I said, why did you let me do this? Like, why did you let me go into the toy industry? And it's just so crazy because when I look back now, if I hadn't pushed through that moment of self-doubt, I wouldn't have this awesome career that I have today. So now I'm going to break down for you my five-step process to unlocking your great toy ideas so that anytime that you might hit that moment of self-doubt or just have a moment of creative block because you've been a little overworked, you have a process that you can go back to to be guaranteed to open up the floodgates of new ideas once again. Okay, so let's get started. Step one of the five-step process of unlocking your great toy ideas is to go on a research shopping trip. Now, research shopping trips are something performed by a lot of toy companies, usually quarterly, sometimes annually, and typically each department will actually go out on their own research shopping trip. They might be focusing on marketing or licensing or product design or maybe even packaging design. Now you, as an inventor and an entrepreneur, you are actually going to be wearing many hats, but I know that that's not a problem for you. You likely love wearing many hats. So when you go on this trip, you're going to be looking at everything from product design to price point on the shelf. Now it's important to know that there are actually two types of research trips that you might hear about in the industry. So one is called a trend shopping trip and the other is called a competitive shopping trip. Now, a trend shopping trip is exactly what it sounds like. It's a trip where you're focusing on identifying market trends. So these are usually things like visual trends, typography, color schemes, paper finishes, uh, product themes, like either unicorns and mermaids everywhere. While a competitive shopping trip really focuses on understanding your competitor's place in the market, like what are their price points? What type of products do they offer? What age ranges do they cover? Do they open molds or do they use open market tools? Things like that. To get started, you're going to make a curated list of places to go. If you don't already have one, I like to use a combination of Yelp and Google to find stores near me and I check out the comments to make sure they're the right fit for the research trip that I'm going to go on. There are a few types of stores that you want to make sure you have on your list, so I'm going to go through them now. First, you want to make sure that you have independent toy stores. They're usually smaller. There might only be one or two of them in your neighborhood, and they're likely really specific to your hometown or region. Next, you need to check out the big box stores such as Walmart or Target. Then you want to add to your list gift and paper shops like Papyrus or Paper Source. These are great places to get inspired by materials and finishes that you might actually end up using on your packaging. Then you might even want to throw in a few makeup stores or children's apparel stores. Those are fantastic if you're looking for things like patterns. And finally, 
you want to choose one or two specialty stores completely out of the realm of toys. Now, I know this part is going to come as a shock to you, but I personally love finding inspiration at high-end grocery chains like Whole Foods. I know, I know what you're thinking, but I'm designing a toy, Ajel. Why in the world would I go to a grocery store to get inspiration? But I'm telling you, there are some amazing packaging and just like really clever, simple mechanisms to get inspired by there. There are actually a bunch of really successful toy products out there that clearly took their cues from the packaging of food and grocery items. So don't be afraid to go out and get inspired by things outside of the world of toys. Now that you have your list of 10 stores, you are ready to start making your itinerary. Now, I love to be super organized, so I'm all about an itinerary. So in your itinerary, you're going to want to have a start time, and an end time for each location. You're also going to do something that I've just started incorporating to all of my itineraries. You are going to list a mindset for each location. And I'm telling you, this is a game changer. Your mindset is really going to help you focus on what each store has to offer you so that you laser in on what you need to see the moment you walk in the door. Now, I actually have a really awesome freebie download for you guys. I've made you an itinerary template and research worksheet to help plan your day and guide your mindset on your next research shopping trip. To get that freebie, you're going to want to head over to thetoycoach.com forward slash podcast forward slash one, and I'm also going to link to it in the show notes. So back to business. If you're having a hard time defining your mindset, Maybe you need to go back and think about the reason why you decided to go on a research trip. There are three major whys for the reasons you might be performing this trip. Why number one, you might be performing this trip because you need to come up with an entirely new idea. Why number two, you might be looking to improve upon an existing idea. Now this could be your idea or an idea of your competitors that you're just looking at in the market and you're saying, hey, I can do that better. Or why number three, you might already have your idea ready to go, but you're just looking for some inspiration on the best way to either present it on shelf or how to present it to a potential customer. Now, if you have one of those three whys or reasons in your mind, it gets a lot easier to specify what your mindset should be at every single store. And in order to answer the questions on the research trip worksheet that I'm going to give you as a freebie, you're definitely going to need to know what's your reason for this trip or what your major why is for this trip. So make sure you have that in mind before you head over and grab that free download at thetoycoach.com. So once you have your mindsets listed on your itinerary, Your itinerary is all filled out with as many stores as you can fit into it. You are ready to go on your research shopping trip. Now I know, I know I've been calling this a shopping trip for a lack of a better term, but I do have to say at this point, the word shop is used very lightly. It's more of window shopping than actually purchasing. You do not need to and really should not need to purchase a ton of product from the stores you're visiting. Images are usually going to suffice just fine. 
you really just want to take pictures of the front panels of boxes, the side panels of boxes, and the back panels. You want to gather enough information so you feel like you have the product when you go back to your studio or when you go back home. Now, at this point, you may be wondering if a shop manager was to see you taking all of these images, are they going to have any issue with you taking a bunch of pictures of the product? And I must say, you know, that that was a real issue back in like 2010s. But I think with the growth of social media and everything just being available for purchase online, stores have gotten a lot more comfortable with you just taking pictures of the product. Um, If anything, you might run into an uncomfortable moment with an independent shop owner, but usually you can just apologize and say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know I was sending a picture to a friend for some reason, if they just seem to need an explanation. But don't worry too much about it. It shouldn't be a big problem at all. Now, I want you to promise me one thing. If you don't promise me anything else, write everything down or sketch it out, whatever works best for you. Take pictures of things or take pictures of two things next to each other if you're thinking about combining them. Just record, record, record. The whole point of this trip is to inspire you. And if you don't capture that inspiration, then you might waste this experience. You're also going to want to use this research trip to identify your competitors. If you're just starting out for the first time, or if you haven't just been doing this that long, you're definitely going to want to write down company names. To find these names, just go to the bottom of the box or the back panel of the box, and you'll likely find a company logo and some website information. Take a picture of this information or write it down so that later on you can visit the website and you'll be able to research and reference the product and see the vibe of the company. You'll get the logo styles, the color styles, see lifestyle shots, and really just be able to ingrain yourself into the world of this product to make sure that your mind is in the right place to create items that will sit alongside your competitors on shelf and perform just as well as theirs does, if not better. Okay, and that is all for step one. So I know it was long. I hope you're still with me. We have made it, and we are moving on to step two, evaluating your competitor. Now, I said before that there are two types of research shopping trips. There's a trend research shopping trip, and there's a competitive research shopping trip. So We're going to proceed under the assumption that you, an entrepreneur and inventor, are going to be doing both of these at once by yourself. And thus, our step two and our step three are going to be evaluating the competitor and then evaluating the trend side. So let's start with our step two. That is, evaluating your competitor. With your newly acquired wealth of knowledge, you're going to need to assess your findings, and here, a good old-fashioned SWOT analysis works wonders. I know, it doesn't sound fun, it doesn't sound creative, and you're like, what? The designer is telling me to do a SWOT analysis, but I'm telling you, this is how I've come up with my best ideas, so you are going to want to perform a SWOT analysis for your competitor as if they hired you with the task of seizing new opportunities for them in the upcoming season. You're going to list their strengths. 
You're going to list their weaknesses, their opportunities, and threats to their product. Doing this is going to give you a really objective view of the market. So when you finish your SWOT analysis, you're going to highlight the opportunities that you've identified and use those in the next step. Step three is evaluate the trends. So you'll start step three by listing out five trends in a Google Doc or on your notepad that you noticed during the trip. An example of a trend will be something like blind bag collectible toys. List about five, no more than 10 trends that you keep focused. And once you have your list, ask yourself the following questions about each trend. What company or companies are doing this right? What are the names of the products? Then try to find those products online. Take a look at what people are saying about the products. Now, personally, I love using Amazon for this step. Amazon is just great for customer reviews in general. So if you want some, I mean, I know we all know that some of it is paid feedback, but if you're willing to dig, you can find some really good, honest feedback. Now, I have a little bit of insight for you. When you're looking on Amazon for reviews, filter your findings to sort by the three-star reviews. Those three-star reviews are going to be the most honest, the least likely to be fake, and have the most useful information. Next, you're going to add your findings from the Amazon reviews or Google reviews or Target reviews, whatever you end up using, to your list of trends so you can refer to them later. Your negative reviews are going to turn into your opportunities. The reviews of these products are really going to help guide your creation process. And remember, the best inventions are the ones that solve problems. So all those negative reviews are just opportunities for you to solve problems with a new, even better idea. So at this point, you are ready to take your trends that you defined in step three and the customer research that you found in the same step and marry all of that with the opportunities that you identified in step two, your SWOT analysis. Try to find any connections here. Keep your mind open and just jot down any ideas that you have as we move on to the next phase. Step four, self-reflection. Don't worry, you didn't do anything wrong, but it is time to look at what you have to offer. The most important part in coming up with a new great idea is you. You are the thing that is different from everybody else in the world. And you are the piece of the puzzle that's going to bring uniqueness to your idea. And now you are also armed with a much better understanding of what your particular toy category already has to offer and what it's missing. You now understand what customers love. You understand what they don't. And you understand what threats and opportunities your competitor has. So now you need to take a step back and think about yourself. What do you have to offer? Let's say you have an engineering background and maybe there's a mechanism that you're familiar with or maybe that you've even created, but no one, not even yourself, has ever thought to apply it to a toy. And I mean, think about it. Did you know that the driving force behind Tickle Me Elmo was just a vibrating sound box? And it just took 
one person to make the connection between childhood tickling and the combination of this vibrating sound box with a plush toy to lead to the creation of Tickle Me Elmo. So that's what you're going to do here. You're going to think about mechanisms that you're already aware of and use the competitive research that you're now aware of and think about how they can all come together into one play pattern. And what if you're a mom with three young children, but your strength is that you have a built-in focus group living with you? Did you know toy companies spend thousands of dollars a year on research and focus groups just trying to get honest opinions from children in order to keep up with trends and kids' tastes? But you can watch your kids daily and just get inspired by them to think of concepts or just have them suggest ideas for toys directly to you. Look, I can go on and on with examples, but the overall message here is to be positive and focus on applying your personality and your personal life experience into this creation process. Find the holes in the industry that only you can fill. Now, in case you're still struggling at this point, I do have a few more questions that you can ask yourself. With these questions, I'm going to ask you to go back in time and think about when you were a child. What was your favorite toy growing up? What was it that was so great about that toy? Why was it your favorite? And finally, why do you still remember it all these years later? Write down the answers to all of these questions. Use your own insights, your own experience, and all of the research you have done until this point to help inspire you and unlock the gates of creativity. Once you're ready, we're going to move on to step five. Step five, the final step of unlocking your great toy ideas is to define what you want to create. By now, you should have narrowed down to a category. You probably already know if you're focusing on dolls, vehicles, blind bag collectibles, or maybe even board games. You may have written down or sketched out some concepts of several new ideas. So to focus the final stage of your creative thought process, you'll want to create a mood board. A mood board is an awesome collage of images that directly or indirectly relates to the overall vibe or aesthetic for the toy concept that you have swirling around in your mind. You'll want to use an app like Moldive or Canva to really easily create this board if you're not comfortable with a program like Adobe Photoshop. When you're creating your mood board, you can utilize the pictures you took during your research trip as well as any pictures you might have discovered online while you were doing your product research and your consumer research. Your mood board should be horizontal in format. A great size I like to work with is 11 by 17. Or if I'm working on a really big presentation, I'll do something bigger like 15 by 30 inches in size. But you're going to have to decide what's going to work best for you. When your mood board is all done, I want you to print it out large and put it up on a wall so it can inspire you and guide you through the end of this creative process. As you're developing your toy concepts and game ideas even more, I want you to be really clear about your play features. 
you need to be sure that you list them all down and that you're comparing your play features to that of your competitors. You also need to be completely sure of your play pattern. Now, typically, play patterns have a beginning, a middle, and an end, or you might have some sort of like cause and effect surprise play. But it's imperative that before you go to a meeting with a big toy company or before you meet an inventor relations rep, that you're sure of what your play pattern is. It could make the difference between getting a deal or not. I am telling you, I have seen it time and time again. Now to finish up this five-step process to coming up with your great toy ideas, you're going to open up and play with any of the samples that you picked up from your research shopping trip to get a feeling for the journey that the competitor toy takes the child on. Now remember that these toys that you picked up were actually selected by a buyer to be at a major retailer or to be at an independent retailer for a reason. So take notes. What steps in this journey that this toy has taken the child on are you possibly missing from your toy or your game idea? And with that, my friends, we have completed going through the five-step process to unlocking your great toy ideas. I really hope this process helps you overcome your moments of self-doubt and push through to come up with your best toy ideas yet. Don't forget to head over to thetoycoach.com forward slash podcast forward slash one for your freebie itinerary template and worksheet. I want to take a moment and personally thank you for listening to the very first episode of Making It in the Toy Industry. Before you go, I want to please ask you to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. We would love to hear your feedback to help guide future episodes. That's all we have for today. So until next week, I'll see you later, toy people. Thanks for listening to Making It in the Toy Industry podcast with Ajel Wade. Head over to thetoycoach.com for more information, tips, and advice. Hey, are you an aspiring toy inventor or toy entrepreneur? Then you should check out Toy Creators Academy, the first of its kind online program designed to help you develop and pitch your toy ideas. Head over to toycreatorsacademy.com to learn more.